0: the word today. What do you say? All right. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing for this message, we've been talking and doing some messages. We kind of came off of a series uh, a few weeks back. And a lot of the messages when we were talking about, we were talking about patience and we were talking about uh, process and how a lot of times we go through things you know sometimes in the form of like a trial or a challenge that we are really just being stretched to endure and it's not like it's just in and out or over when we want it to be over that a lot of times it's it's in the waiting it's in the developing that there's a process that god is doing in us that's more important than the event that's actually taking place and how it's in the patience and the development of those things that god actually his will is done in the things that we face in our lives. And it's very, that's obviously very, very true. And that, in my experience, is almost most of the time how it seems to happen, right? Is that there's kind of a developing and a, and a building that's going along. But, you know, I was thinking about this as I was getting ready for this message. And God will sometimes, he will sometimes just supernaturally intervene in a situation, and show up, and just move, put his hand in a situation, and he will just move on something at exactly the right time that he sees, and it will change and shift everything. It's like those suddenly moments, we'll call them today, those suddenly moments where it's like God just, boom, just does his, what only God can do, and we don't even see it coming. How many people, I mean, how many people could use a suddenly moment maybe in their life right now, right? I mean, God is into suddenlies. I love this. He's into processes and building and developing, but he's, God is also into suddenlies. And God shows up suddenly in moments and times in our lives, does what only he can do, shifts and changes the situation, and our life is never the same again. And so we're going to take a look at a story today, one of many, that you could could build a a case for this around. But this is out of the book of Acts in chapter 16. And I love this. This is when Paul and Silas get tossed into prison. And so I'm going to kind of, you know, go through a little bit of the background here of this story and read through some of the verses with you to get to uh, some of our main points about our suddenly moments. But God is a God of suddenlies. So let's start out in chapter 16. The first thing that happens is that Paul, I'm going to read in verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia, I can't even pronounce that one. When they had gone through Phrygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So let me stop right there, first of all. So the Spirit did not permit them to go here. The Spirit did not permit them to go there. And then God gives Paul a vision of a man saying come to Macedonia and so then they go to Macedonia. So let me stop and just ask you the question. How are you being led in your life right now? How are, who what is the voice? What is the thing? What is the compelling issue or situation that's actually really leading you In your life. Because, see, for Paul, one of the key things we have to get here before we get into what some of the suddenly moments that are happening is, is he's absolutely, unequivocally, only listening to the Holy Spirit. God is leading him in his journey. And see, those suddenly moments that we're talking about that come, what I would say is that they come in times where we maybe don't expect, when times where we really need them and only God can do. But they come because we are already following and letting God lead us in the directions and the places that we're going, even if we don't completely understand. See, Paul doesn't go here, even though there was probably good reason to go there. People that needed him there, too. Paul doesn't go here, even though there's probably good reason there. But Paul goes here, which there's probably reasons why that didn't even make sense. But the whole, the, that's the great equalizer. It's the great thing that just cuts through it all is the voice of God leading and guiding us so that as we move along in our life it's like i may not be able to figure everything out that's happening but i know that i'm seeking the voice of god and as god is leading me then all this stuff somehow is going to work out and make sense in the end somehow this all has a point and a purpose there's a rhyme and a reason divinely orchestrated that i can at least just submit to and say god knows better than me and i'm going to allow him to do what only he can do so who is leading you how are you being led see sometimes Let's just be honest. We can be led by things that aren't really the voice of God. We can be led by our emotions. How about our pain? We can be led by our pain. Some of the times we've been wounded or scarred by someone else, and that can actually be what's leading us in our actions, our behaviors. We can be led by a whole multitude of other things. We can be led by other men that are maybe not necessarily uh, supposed to be guiding and directing us in the way that we should go. There's a lot of f- bad influences out there. That A lot of young people are, are really gaining. It's gaining attention of young people and that they're listening and following in their steps or in their lead. So there's a lot of things that can compete for that guiding voice that leading and directing but let me just say to you to us church it can only be the voice of God that carries the supreme authority in your life anything else will simply not do everything else is fallible it's it it can crumble it's vapor it's only God that endures and lasts forever are you with me so who is leading you so this is so this, so Paul goes on down to Macedonia and then one of the first things that happens here is this, this lady named Lydia comes to him, and she had believed in God, meaning the God of Israel, but oh, this is just powerful because we had this situation this morning. I'm sorry. I just thought of this. So Lydia, she believes in the God of Israel, but she's never known Jesus. And so Paul and Silas, they preach the gospel to her. They preach the good news of Jesus. It says her and her whole household were saved. Her and her whole household were saved. I mean, this is a side point, but let me just say that God is into saving households. God is into saving families and lineages. He's into putting blessing on an ancestry line of your seed. God has proven that time and again through history, and he wants to do that for you and me today. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why would that change, right? So Lydia and her whole household were saved, and then they come and they see a girl who has a demon, and I'm going to pick up here in verse 16. So now what happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. So look, she, was, she, she had a demon, okay, and she was telling fortune, and she was making money doing this. Now, I'm not, this isn't where my message is going to go today, but I just want you to just grab this. There's a lot of things out there that are happening in the name of all kinds of things, and there's a realness to them. The, the fortune telling, the mysticism, the, the witchcraft. Can I tell you something? There is a spirit behind that, there is something real to that. It's evil. And this woman right here, she's possessed by a demon, and she's telling fortune that she's obviously somewhat accurate about, because she's making people money doing this. And it's gaining attention, and people are coming, oh, that's why people need Jesus. They need the hope. They need the real thing, the real solution, right? People are hungry for something. It's just, unfortunately, they find some of the wrong things. But this woman, she's demon-possessed, and she's making her master's money. And listen to what happens. This is this is great. This is Some of the stories in the Bible actually make me laugh a lot, and this is one of them. So, Paul, here's what happens. S- verse 17. So this girl followed Paul around, followed us around, and cried out, saying, These are men of the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, Turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never cast a demon out of somebody because they were annoying me. I've wanted to, but I'm a little worried about how that's going to turn out. Somebody's bothering you, annoying you. In the name of Jesus, come out. Oh, that's just you. (sighs) Okay, not going to do that again. So I would just caution you, before you go casting demons out of people in the name of Jesus, make sure that they've really got a demon. Make sure that Jesus is really leading you, right? But how do you know that, you say, how do you know the demon came out? I mean, there's proof, right? There's evidence there the demon came out. So anyway, Paul, great, can you just picture that? He's walking around for days and, you know, yelling. He's like, gosh, I mean, you all have, you know, it's like, man, I wish that person would just shut up, you know, getting on my nerves, don't look at the person next to you right now. <laughs> Not a good time for that. No. But God can work in our annoyances. <laughs> he sure can. So he cast the demon out of her that very hour. And then that causes all kinds of problems. Because the masters of the girl that was telling fortune when the demon came out of her, they were upset because they had brought her great profit. And she couldn't tell fortunes anymore. The demon was gone. The evil was gone. And so now the evil that was being done is no more, which is awesome for us to hear that. For the masters, of course, they're all upset. And so they want to, like, lay hands on Paul and Silas. They're they're mad, right? And that's exactly what they do. They come. They get a hold of Paul and Silas. They send the authorities to get them and they beat them and whip them, and then they throw them in prison. So if you're Paul, you're probably thinking, ah, boy, I didn't see that coming, you know. I was, I was listening to God. I went down to Macedonia. Things were going great, and now all of a sudden I'm taking, a, you know, a hundred lashes to my back, and now I'm getting tossed into prison. And so this is important because sometimes in the process of following God, of being led by God, things are going to happen that are... Difficult, that are that are adverse for us, that are challenging for us, but will absolutely still be in the rhythm and in the flow of what God is trying to do and how He is trying to set things up. And that's why the Bible talks about enduring suffering, because there's times when our flesh is screaming, but our spirit is building for something that's ahead. God is at work and doing something big. So they throw him into prison, and then it says here. Uh, in verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fashioned their feet in the stocks. So God sometimes will do something in his word where he'll just give us something that's really, really extreme. And this is very extreme because all they did was cast a demon out of a woman, but they put them in the inner prison after they beat them with stripes, right? And the inner prison is like the most secure, well-protected, nobody-getting-out-of-that-place part of the prison. Not to mention, they put them in the stocks. Now, I don't know if you ever looked at a picture of this. I didn't get a chance to put this in the thing today, but you should look at this. The stocks, they were like these pieces of wood and posts that like spread got the person's feet out, and they turned their feet outward and twisted them. And I can't imagine enduring that for 10 minutes, let alone 10, 20 hours or days, right? So they put these guys in all this stuff. And again, you gotta be, Paul's gotta be thinking, dude, what is going on? Like, God was leading us, he's directing us, we're following him, and now all of a sudden, my back's all beat up, I'm sitting here, my feet are hurting, they're twisted. I mean, I wake up from a, a, a dead leg, like my leg falls asleep and I'm complaining, you know? I can't imagine how these guys are feeling. But the point of this is is that God is is getting ready to do something. He's getting ready. He's setting them up for, for a suddenly moment. And if they would not be doing what they're doing here in the next verse, in light of all of the difficulty and the adversity that they're going through, I just have to wonder, would this suddenly moment have come? Watch what they do in verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas... In the stocks in the inner prison. Paul and Silas are singing hymns to God and, the, and praying, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Oh, they're in stocks, they're just, they're beat. Their backs are, I can't, you know, hundreds of times, they're, they're in pain. They'd be, like, giving us uh, cortisone and, and Percocet and all kinds of stuff, right? A little IV drip right now. Oh, take it away. Press the button again, you know? <laughs> and, they're, and they're just, what are they doing? They're singing praises and hymns. They're worshiping God. They are worshiping God though their adversity their trial may afflict them their highest priority their highest objective burning in their heart is to worship and praise god and to pray in this very hour that they find themselves in and listen i just think this is amazing because i know that this has happened for me i i guess it's probably happened for you but It's easy for me to praise God and worship him and and just get excited when things are going great. I look at my boy, I praise God. Oh my gosh, I can't even do anything but praise God when I just look at his little face. But listen, whenever I'm going through, you know what? Look, it's not quite the same natural tendency to do that. And just be aware that your challenges, your trials, your adversity, your stocks, will challenge you, will attempt in any way they can to deafen and silence the sound of your worship. And Paul and Silas did not succumb to that. They're worshiping and they're praising God, laying in their chains, laying in the inner courts, all beat up. And as they're praying and worshiping God, suddenly, suddenly... There was a great earthquake and the ground shook and the doors opened and the chains came off. Their suddenly moment had arrived. They weren't say-I se- mean, you tell me, I read this, I don't hear them praying. God, bring an earthquake and open the doors and knock our chains off so that we can get out of this. See, they were focused only on just praising and worshiping God. And our praise and our worship, listen, it's 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 an overflow of the joy that we have in our heart for knowing Jesus and who he is and what he is to us and the hope that we have in him for eternity. And there's always a joy bubbling from that reality, that net awareness that should spill out spontaneously in moments and times, and we call it worship. And God has given glory for who he is and what he's doing. And we're just like, oh, yeah, the stocks. Oh, yeah, the prison. Oh, yeah, the beating. Oh, yeah, the challenge in my job. Oh, yeah, the challenge with my marriage. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, this. But (sighs) I just can't help but worship God. I just can't help. He's just too good. He's so good. He's above all this. All all this is here, but God is here, and he's so awesome, and I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to worship him. And this suddenly moment happens in the midst of worship and praise that most people would find it incredibly difficult to muster up anything to do because their flesh is so afflicted, but not them. They're praising and they're worshiping God, and the earth moves. Can I tell you something? God will move the earth to get you in position to fulfill your destiny. He will shake the ground to turn your situation around. God is the creator of it all. He will move the earth for you and for me no different than he did for these men. Hallelujah. Does that, does that not excite you that you're a child of God that God would move the earth for to put you in position? See what they what they were going through, what many people could recognize as a sig- sincere or significant setback. Oh, this is this is totally screwing up everything. Where did we go wrong, Silas? When did we, I know we were supposed to go to Macedonia. I know we were supposed to set that girl free from that demon. But what happened? How did we end up here? When most people would be like, this is a setback. They, re, they didn't even, that ended up being their setup. What was a setback to most, in most eyes, was actually the exact perfect setup that God had planned. Because listen to what happens after this. Verse 27. The keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And then they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your household. There it is again. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes. This is Paul and they're washing Paul inside of their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and they rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household amen 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 look it all starts kind of coming together now right but it wasn't all coming together in that right before that suddenly moment but what I'm trying to say is the key to the suddenly moment is praising and worshiping God, letting your worship grow in more intense and louder and just praising him through anything and everything that you're going through, and you just never know when God might not choose to make the earth move for you and me and turn things around and set things up. And I guarantee you, Paul, when he realized that this guy, his whole family would have been saved, oh, yeah, I'll do it all over again. Absolutely, put me in the stocks again. Go ahead, beat me 10 more, 15 more times if you need to. That guy's going to get saved, right? It all makes sense now, after the fact. But what I love about this is, even though they were in prison, they were in a a prison of man, they were in a, a physical prison, right? They... They were not above God's ability to just get them out. See, God was in control the whole time. They might have been in a physical prison. We might be facing challenges and adversity, difficulty that seem very, very hard for us. But listen, God, we are never in prison. We are always free. God is always above and over and has authority over anything that's going on in our lives. Right? Jesus said to Pilate when Pilate said, why are, you, why are you not answering my questions? Don't you understand that I have the power to put you to death? Paraphrasing. You know what Jesus said? He said, you don't have any power bestowed upon you other than that, what my Father in heaven has already given you, what's from above. Jesus recognized, yeah, I'm in this deal, but this, this situation doesn't have authority over me. This temporary prison, if you will, these bars, they might be afflicting me now, but ultimately this is a fading thing. God is the one that has the ultimate authority over all of this. So they recognized that even though they were in a prison, they really weren't in prison. Are You understand what I'm saying? That they were free, that God was still Lord. He was still on the throne. He was still in control. And as long as they praised him and worshipped him and sought him, that he would lead and guide them. And if he needed to shake the earth to get them out of where they were, he'd do exactly that. Wow, I love this story. And you know what's kind of crazy is it seems to me the way that this ends, because later they said, listen to this in verse 35, and when it was day, the magistrates sent the officer saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison, the guy that his whole family was saved that took Paul and fed him, and Paul and Silas fed him and washed him up, the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come out themselves and get us out. Paul's got some spunk, doesn't he, man? I mean, he's got a little edge to him. That's my kind of guy. I like that. You tell them to come down here and get me out of here, you know. Wait a minute. I'm in prison. They're telling me to leave. I'm just like, what? But that's what he's saying. He's like, I don't care about all that. God just did a miracle I just you know hand of God is at work here I, I don't care about any of that stuff prison streets in the kingdom I, it doesn't matter to me wherever the hand of God is working and leading and moving in my life that's exactly where I want to be and he didn't you know they go back to the prison because if in order for the magistrates to come for the authorities to come and send word they had to be in the prison do you understand they had they went back God popped the chains, the chains and shackles off. That's exciting, but God popped the chains and shackles off, and and He let them out, freedom, and they, they had to have gone back. They returned to the prison. I just, there's a, there's a lot of mystery in this one for me, but one of the things that I do see is that clearly Paul and Silas understood that their ability to be used by God to worship him, for God to move and do amazing things in the situation was not the slightest bit restricted or hindered by the prison that they were in, by the bars that they were behind. And let me just say this as I wrap up, and I'll have the team go ahead and start coming back up here now. Listen to me. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you will deal with, Every single one of those situations is unique to each person that I'm looking at right now. All of our faces, we all have different things. Listen to me, get this above all God is not limited, He is not hindered, and He is not set back by your difficult situation. Do not feel restricted. Do not feel if you have walked. Now, if you're not walking with God, that's a different story, okay? We understand that. If you are letting God lead you and you're following him, do not for a moment think that God can't at any moment make the ground move. Do not think that God is in any way hindered or restricted. He can't do as much with me here. I'm not as much used to God because I'm in this situation. Well, I I really can't do a whole lot of impact, you know, in my life. My purpose is really being set back and I'm being cut short here. God is not hindered or marginalized in any way ever with your situation. Ever. Ever. And if you understand that, if you grab that, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I pray blessing and favor and no difficulty on any of you, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what it is. God can do anything at any moment, at any time. He can use you. He can do something powerful. He can shift the situation. He can show up suddenly and intervene and turn things on a dime. If we're just in the mode of worshiping and praising Him all the time and knowing that there's no situation that we will get ourselves into or walk or be in, that God can't show up with His hand and do something like this at any moment, at any given time. And it's in that, that knowing, in that just contending. You know, you may not be praying for God to break the chains off and the doors open right now specifically, but just knowing that at any moment and through anything, God could suddenly suddenly do something and I'm just I'm contending for that I'm going to follow him I'm going to let him lead me I'm going to be obedient I'm going to have faith and I'm going to worship him but my God is a God of suddenlies he's a God of intervention swift mighty hand that doesn't just come in and knock things around when something big and suddenly happens he comes in surgically and precision precisely with his hand, his power, and he just works that thing around and shifts that thing around, and our lives are never the same again. Let's stand to our feet.